Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going well. Just getting sick of this rain. Absolutely, man. Me too. It's been downpouring here in New Hampshire for the last couple of days. Yeah, working outdoors in the rain isn't, isn't very enjoyable. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. All right, guys. Today, we have an interesting episode for you. If you don't follow me on Twitter already, check out my page, Hotline Fantasy, where I provide 24-7 fantasy football advice and analysis. I sent out a tweet earlier today asking for your fantasy questions, and we got a good amount of responses. Trent and I are going to take a look at them today and give our opinions. All right, Trent, are you ready for the first question? Let's do it. All right, so we got a couple from this guy, Fantasy Football Addict. The first one is, who has the highest potential this year out of DJ Moore, Juju, and OBJ? Trent, you want to tackle it? Hmm, I, I will. It's interesting because he's not asking, um, well, it's a great question, first of all. He, he's not asking, you know, who I think is going to do the best. It's more of potential. When I think potential, I think it's more boom bust not safest pick and we have what i think the safest pick is dj moore just because i know he's going to get the bulk of um you know targets from teddy bridgewater i think that uh potential wise i actually think obj could have the best season i think i i think i sleep on obj the most at least when i'm drafting but he has the highest skill level out of the three of them, and he has a very good quarterback. They've just struggled to connect. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I would agree with you that DJ Moore has the safest floor by far, but I'm going to disagree with you about OBJ, and I do sleep on OBJ when we draft too. Uh, I agree that he is the most talented out of these receivers, but I also agree that he's in the most crowded receiving core. So I think that Juju actually has the highest potential this year out of any of these guys. I mean, you look at what Juju did two years ago. Uh, Obviously, he was injured in 2019, but in 2018, he put up stellar numbers as the number two option in Pittsburgh. I think he had around 110 catches, uh, 1,400 yards-ish, and a a bunch of touchdowns. So he was really productive, and they're playing him out of the slot more this year, which is where fantasy receivers excel. Uh, Big Ben's healthy. He's the clear-cut number one option on this team, which you can't necessarily say about OBJ because Jarvis Landry was their number one option last year, and you're bringing in Austin Hooper this year, and we still have to see if OBJ can really stay healthy. So I'd say Juju has the best opportunity to go out here and put up the biggest numbers. Will he? I'm not so sure, but I'd say he has the highest potential. Yeah, I think Juju definitely has the highest potential if A, he does play the majority of the season out of the slot, and B, Ben Roethlisberger does play the whole season. I just don't – I'm not fully bought into the fact that Big Ben is back to his normal normal self, full health, uh, and he will be the same quarterback as he was before. I just like the thought of – there's a lot of potential with Baker Mayfield with a new head coach, and um, OBJ is, in my opinion, like – I think we talked about in the rankings episode for wide receivers. I think he's a top five skill-wise wide receiver in the NFL. So I think if uh, Baker Mayfield can figure you know his stuff out, that OBJ could have a pretty big season. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I think we're also not giving enough credit to DJ Moore 
here because we both said he has the safest floor. So why not say he could have the highest potential? I mean, he's also the clear-cut number one option. He got a major upgrade at quarterback this year, moved from Kyle Allen to Teddy Bridgewater. Obviously, they also added Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey's in that offense too. You can't say the same uh, thing about Christian McCaffrey as you can about Nick Chubb and James Conner. While those guys are good running backs, they're not going to handle the bulk of the targets and touches like Christian McCaffrey will. But I still think that DJ Moore is going to have a great season. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think there's a question mark there, though, is how quickly does Teddy Bridgewater connect with uh, DJ Moore? You know, how long does it take for their relationship to build? Because I think they're a duo that's um, built for long-term success between those two. But to to give my answer to Fantasy Football Addict, I would go with OBJ for, um, you know, highest potential. Yeah, I mean, I would go with Juju, but I think that was a really good question. And we'll move on to his second question now, which is, who is one fantasy running back you want on all of your teams this year? And I guess I'll take a crack at this one. The name that comes to mind is Jordan Howard. I know it's not a really flashy name, and ideally, I'd probably say Josh Jacobs, but you just can't get him if you're drafting at every draft. It depends on what first-round pick you have, what second-round pick you have. A guy that you have a chance to get every single draft is Jordan Howard, in my opinion. He's a late-round running back. Uh, He's going to compete with Matt Breida for touches in Miami, and in my opinion, he should take over workhorse duties for the Dolphins. Uh, Volume is king for fantasy running backs, as we all know. We preach that a lot here at the rollout, and Howard could see 200-plus touches this year, so I just think he is a great late-round option. Yeah, I really like that pick. Um, I like how you kind of went deep with Jordan Howard. You know, he's not the most obvious guy to have on your team. For me, I'm going to go with someone a little bit different. He definitely is higher than Jordan Howard. Um, but if he, the thing is, if he does play, I think he can have a lot bigger season than people are projecting him for. That's actually Leonard Fournette. I think that, um, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars offense is young, and one of their only vets at this point is Leonard Fournette. And he's showed that he can put up some crazy numbers and I, and I love his playing style and I feel like you know if there was no question mark on if he is going to play this season that he would be you know in that there that clump with Joe Mixon and all those running backs but I think he's a little farther behind them and I think that's kind of um I don't, I don't want to say disrespectful but I, I just think there people are underrating how good um Leonard Fournette is and I think he's going to be a workhorse back this season, especially if he does play and it's his last season in Jacksonville, they're going to want to run him into the ground. So I think he could put up some really big numbers. He has no competition. There's no running back that's like a third down back for them that or a guy that gets a lot of catches for that, for that running back core. It is Leonard Fournette in that offense. It's still a young quarterback, and he's going to get a ton of touches. Yeah, you know, I like the Fournette pick. We're both pretty high on him this year, especially at his current ADP. But the reason why I wouldn't consider him a guy I would like to own on all of my teams is there is always the risk that, hey, he ends up not playing this year or the Jaguars just don't use him like we're uh, expecting them to. I know that since this is his last year with the team, we are expecting them to run him into the ground and just use him as much as they can. But in the instance that that doesn't end up being the case, it would feel a little foolish for me to have him on all my teams, but I definitely get what you were getting at. Yeah. For me, it's like when I build my teams, I like building off of having high potential and I usually draft 
three running backs within the first four or five rounds. That's why I like having Fournette on my team because you know even if he if he doesn't pan out, which I, I mean, or if he doesn't play the season, you'll still have other running backs in your roster to play with. But I think if he plays, he's going to be worth uh, a lot more than what you drafted him at. Yeah, that's definitely fair. All right, those were two great questions from Fantasy Football Addict. Uh, moving on, we have a pair of questions from Alvin Bailey, who has been showing a lot of support to me on Twitter. So I have to give a shout out to Alvin really quick. Uh, keep it up, man. Uh, his first question is actually, is there a path for David Montgomery to crack an RB1 tier this year? And I know it might not be the popular choice, but I think there is a path. And that path is simple. It's just touches. Matt Nagy and the Bears have stated they want to feature Montgomery as their workhorse back this year. I think Tariq Cohen sees less touches or, more importantly, less carries. And Montgomery can hopefully get a little more involved out of the backfield pass-catching-wise. So, yeah, like we said earlier with Jordan Howard, volume is king with running backs. Howard, uh, not Howard, Montgomery could definitely see 250-plus touches this year, this year for the Bears if he turns that into better production than last year. I could see there being a path to RB1 numbers. I could see their path to RB1 numbers just because their quarterbacks are awful. And, you know, the, the Chicago Bears team made that turn into a run-first offense. And Tariq Cohen is not a running running back. He's a receiving running back who is, is not going to steal um, carries on the ground. It's more catches out of the backfield. Um, you know, if Montgomery can improve on – his receiving abilities out of the backfield, I definitely see there being a path for him to be a a running back one tier player. It's because if he can work Cohen out of the offense and the Bears, you know, still can't find their footing with what quarterback they're going to use, Montgomery is going to see a lot of touches. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you just look at last year, he had 242 carries. So the problem was not actually the volume for him there, but his yards per carry was horrible it was 3.7 that is not what you want to see from your feature workers back if you can bump that up into like the mid four range 4.5 plus you could easily jump into rb1 tier definitely yeah so moving on alvin's next question is a one that i know we're going to disagree on trent it's what do you guys make of the browns backfield how much does hunt eat into chubb and does nick chubb only have rb2 upside i'll start off Nick Chubb does not only have RB2 upside. He is one of the best rushers, the best pure rushers in the NFL. He definitely still does have RB1 upside. That being said, I don't feel comfortable drafting him as my RB1 this year. And I think that Hunt absolutely does eat into Chubb's touches this year, whether that's third down carries, which we saw Nick Chubb get a remarkable amount of last year, whether that's him just getting touches out of the backfield through the air Hunt's going to work a lot out of the slot this year. You're going to see Kareem Hunt get more involved than a lot of people, including Trent, think this year. Yeah, I just don't like Hunt. And I think that, you know, people forget that Chubb, I think going into the last week was the leader for the rushing title. I think he ended up coming in second place, but he was up there with Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey the whole entire season. He was consistently putting up like 100 yards a game. He was playing strong, and I just don't think Kareem Hunt has that it factor anymore. Yeah, he may take a few you know, catches on third downs or whatever it is because um, he's a pretty good receiving back. Uh, I just – I like Nick Chubb. 
and I do think he's a a high. I think I think he's an RB one tier. I don't know if he finishes in the RB one tier. I think he's at more of a high RB two. Um, but I, I like Chubb a lot this season, and I'm not a big fan of Hunt this season. Yeah, I mean, I would just say Kareem Hunt only played eight games for the Browns this year, and really you can chalk two or three of them up to him getting adjusted for the offense and he still racked up 37 catches he only had 43 rushing attempts i think he definitely pushes for 100 plus that year with a full 16 game season assuming the nfl is able to have that and he could easily be a guy that pushes for like 70 to 80 catches through the air he could play an austin eckler role to nick chubb's melvin gordon this year and melvin gordon when they were in that committee with austin eckler he definitely still had rb1 upside i just think that's kind of the split you're going to see this year yeah, I, I mean, with that comparison, though, Austin Eckler is a far better receiving running back than Kareem Hunt is. Um, but like like Jeff said at the beginning, Jeff and I definitely don't see eye to eye on this one. You're definitely going to see differing opinions from a lot of people. I think Chumps, uh, sorry, Chubb is the go-to um, if you're drafting a Browns running back. And I, have, I don't think I've drafted Hunt once this year. I avoid him at almost all costs. Yeah, and I'm sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum where I've drafted Hunt in a few leagues this year, and I avoid Chubb at all costs. And it's not because I don't love Nick Chubb. I think he's a great talent, but I don't love the system he's in or the price you have to pay at what pick you have to take him at, which is usually a late first or an early second. But yeah, Trent and I are never going to agree on this. Alvin, I hope you got some insight from this. Uh, I think that we offered two very good perspectives on that, and these are two great questions. So... Moving on, we have three questions from Vitamins. The first one is, who do you think is the top rookie running back from this draft class during their third year, 2022? So Trent, we kind of touched on this in one of our prior episodes where we talked about the top five fantasy running backs five years from now. Vitamins is asking three. So the third year into their season, who do you think is going to be the top rookie running back? Yeah, I'm going to stay with who I talked about. Um, before the five, or I guess for rookie running backs this year, I think I had Jonathan Taylor the highest um, for that prior list. And I still think that would um, stay true for three years from now. I just think he was such a talented running back having, it was like just over 900 carries and just over 6,000 yards in his college career. And I, I mean, I do like Marlon Mack, but I think he fades out um, towards the end of this year, probably gets moved and they use Jonathan Taylor as a, as a honestly, a workhorse back um, probably midway through his sophomore season. I'm a big fan of Jonathan Taylor, and that's who I see being um, the best running back from this rookie class three years from now. Yeah, I'm really high on Jonathan Taylor too, but I'll go with another running back just to provide a different perspective, and that's DeAndre Swift. Uh, when I look at the difference between Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift and the situation they're going to be in in three years, I see the Colts not being in the playoffs, being mediocre at best, because Philip Rivers is no longer going to be the quarterback there. We have no idea who it is, whether it's Jacob Eason, whether Jacoby Brissett sticks around. They're going to be mediocre at best. But you look at the Lions in three years, there's a chance Matt Stafford's still the quarterback of that team. He'd only be 35 if his back can stay healthy and as a whole he can stay healthy. Uh, he, should, he could definitely still be there. Kenny Galladay will be in his prime at that point still. Marvin Jones could definitely still be there. Um, and DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, is by far the favorite to earn that workhorse role for the Lions 
at least by that time in 2022 over carry on Johnson, who is extremely injury prone. And I like Swift in that offense. I think the lions considering how mediocre they've been over the past decades, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs come three years from now and they'll be in a better situation. And I just like, I like Swift in that offense more than I like Taylor in the Colts offense, believe it or not. I mean, that's fair. Um, I just think carry on Johnson. So has a lot of life left in him. Um, I'm not really giving up on him yet. At the same time, they did draft Swift pretty high this past um, draft. So I think he, he will be seeing a lot of work by his third season. Yeah, that's no, by no means to discount your Jonathan Taylor take. I love him too. I just think that the Lions will be better than the Colts in three years from now. So that's why I went with it. But otherwise, I would probably say Taylor. Yeah, that's fair. So moving on to Vitamin's second question, it's an it's interesting one. He asks, how do you value rookies with a high ADP? Do you let someone else deal with it or take the risk? I think a good example here will be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is going as high as a late second or an early third round pick in some drafts this year. Um, Trent, I'm not sure how you deal with this actually, but I'm pretty sure we are both hesitant on taking rookies unless we are absolutely certain by the situation we're in. A good example of that would be Saquon Barkley and the Giants offense going into his rookie year. But I wouldn't feel comfortable taking Clyde, for example, at his current ADP. Probably guys even like Swift, um, Akers, J.K. Dobbins definitely don't feel comfortable with Mark Ingram in Baltimore. So especially this year, I'm kind of letting other guys, uh, other someone else deal with it rather than take the risk. How about you, Trent? Yeah, I'm the same way. I've never been big on um, drafting rookies very high. I'm not a big fan of Clyde this season just because of where he's getting drafted. I've seen him go early second round in some drafts, which I think is totally absurd. I know it's just a lot of it's because of the system he's going to be in, but you know, the players, the player's actual skill has to be some type of factor, um, in my opinion. This year, I don't think I'm drafting any running backs that are running backs high in general. There are definitely some wide receivers that I think are in a good situation and a late enough draft pick. I don't mind drafting them, but for early round rookies, I'm not drafting any this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at guys who don't turn out and how likely it is that these rookies don't turn out as fantasy assets. I remember a couple of years ago, Ronald Jones was being taken as early as the second round or the third round and look at him now. I mean, he's still going to be a good player, but he doesn't have that ceiling uh, from in terms of fantasy football. So both of us are pretty much on the same page there. We would rather let someone else deal with it if it's a really high ADP, but I'm with you, Trent. I wouldn't mind taking a jab as some guy like Judy or CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson if it's in a later round this year. Yeah, I mean, let's say it's week five and you realize, well, this rookie running back's actually doing pretty well. Um, you can still trade for him. I, I'm more of a fan of doing that. Like, I didn't even draft Saquon in his rookie year, um, but once I started to see like him play in the NFL, I was like, all right, this guy's legit. I'm going to trade for him. He's going to keep producing these numbers and even bigger numbers as the season goes on and gets more games under his belt. Um, but yeah, we're on the same page about drafting them high. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Vitamin's third question is actually a hot take. And I think we might have a Jets fan on our, uh, on our hands here. 
he says that Denzel Mims will finish as the top PPR rookie receiver in 2020. And this isn't that absurd of a take to me. Mims was drafted in the second round. He's got, got a lot of potential, and he's certainly in a great situation. But I look at guys like Henry Ruggs or Justin Jefferson who are, as, who are in as good of situations, if not better, in my opinion, who are much more talented. And those are two names just off the top of my head that I would choose over Mims. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's a hot take. It's not um, something that you would say with full confidence or anything like that. Um, I do like the the sound of it just because, you know, Sam Darnold may come into his own this year and connect with Denzel Mims rather than a Brashad Perryman that's fresh coming into this Jets team. And a Jamison Crowder that I think really hasn't produced um, that big of numbers for this Jets team. So, Especially in PPR, he could see a lot more catches than guys like maybe Jerry Judy or Ski Landis because they're more qu- uh, crowded wide receiver cores. Um, so I do like how Denzel Mims is, is in a, a, a better situation with you know who he has to battle with for touches. Um, but I don't see him finish, finishing as the number one guy. I see Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, um, Jared Judy, all, all finishing above him, maybe even Jalen Rager as well. Oh, yeah, Jalen Rager is definitely a name we forgot about, but he is in a situation that could definitely allow him to finish as the number one guy too. But, Vitamins, thank you for your contributions. These were two really good questions and definitely an interesting hot take for sure. So, moving on, we have two hot takes continuing the trend from AB. Not Antonio Brown, by the way. He did not uh, reach out to my podcast, but... I wish he did. These hot takes might just be crazy enough to think that they are a from AB, though. He says that Josh Jacobs and Devin Singletary will finish as the top two running backs, or in his words, lead all running backs this year. Um, I, I don't mind Jacobs. I took him pretty early in one of my drafts uh, a couple weeks ago, I think eighth overall, and I think he definitely has the potential to be that guy, but Singletary is kind of a head scratcher for me. Um, I just tweeted about him earlier. I think he's being slept on this year. He showed flashes of incredible potential and efficiency. He had 5.1 yards per carry last year. And I don't see guys like Zach Moss taking significant touches from him. So I would view Singletary as a bit of a steal at his current ADP. But saying he'll finish as a top two fantasy running back or lead all running backs uh, fantasy-wise this year is kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do, I definitely can see Josh Jacobs being a top two running back this year. I think he's going to get the workload and the yard. I think he could definitely, uh, or or is definitely a sleeper to win the rushing title this season. Um, so I do like the Josh Jacobs prediction. Devin Singletary is definitely a stretch, especially with the uh, Bills bringing in a new, very good wide receiver in Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen to connect with. They still have John Brown. So they're still very suitable wide receivers for Josh Allen to throw to. Josh Allen also runs the ball by himself a lot, which limits all of that limits uh, Devin Singletary's production and um, carries. So I don't see him finishing top two. But if you want to make a hot take and say he finishes top ten, I can see it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, A.B., love the Josh Jacobs take. Devin Singletary, definitely a bit of a stretch, but I love his talent. And we'll move on to your second hot take, which is that Cam Newton, if healthy, will be a top six or seven fantasy quarterback. And honestly, 
I kind of like this one. The biggest thing here is obviously if Cam Newton is healthy and really no one knows. We won't get to find that out till the start of the season. Uh, if he ends up winning the starting job in New England, there are just a lot of hypotheticals here. There are a lot of ways it could go. Cam Newton might not ever even play a snap for the New England Patriots if he's not healthy. Bill Belichick could absolutely cut him right away. There's a chance he could be the week one starter, lead this team to the playoffs, maybe even be a comeback player of the year candidate. There are just so many different ways this could go. But if he's healthy, I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot too. Um, I think you'll have a good idea, honestly, after week one, if Cam Newton does start, if he can be a top six quarterback or not. Um, Oh, some fireworks. I do think that uh, Cam Newton will be, I think he will be a top 10 quarterback if he's playing this season, but top six is, is, is tough to really foresee just because I think if he runs the ball a lot, get injured and Belichick's not going to want that yeah if you are hearing some gunshots in the background Trent's uh right right now they're not gunshots don't be worried they're just fireworks so not much we can do about that but uh it's minimal noise just try to try to deal with it but yeah I absolutely love the take on that uh to Trent and AB these were two um pretty nice takes the Devin Singletary one is obviously a bit of a head scratcher to me but I like them they're definitely hot takes so Moving on, we have three more questions from th- three different people. From Fantasy Monster, which running back, not named Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott, has the best chance to finish as RB1 this year? Trent, do you want to start off? Yeah, I'm going to go with – I'm not going to go Josh Jacobs, who just talked about him. I'm actually going to go with Dalvin Cook. I yeah. think that he is going to see a ton of carries again this year. I don't know how much – it will be interesting to see how much losing Kevin Stefanski um, changes the way they use Dalvin Cook in that Vikings offense. But, you know, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. They killed it, giving Dalvin Cook the ball a lot last year or last year or two seasons ago. Um, so I think that Dalvin Cook probably has the best chances because, you know, they moved on from Stephon Diggs. And I think they'll put more emphasis on – Dalvin Cook running the ball this year. Yeah, I like that. Dalvin Cook will probably be my first choice as well, but uh, to just not hop on your train, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara, who is not the biggest pure rusher compared to other guys like Cook, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, even Josh Jacobs, like we talked about, that you could throw on this list. But Alvin Kamara has it all besides that. He's arguably the best receiving back in the league. Sorry, Christian McCaffrey, you're definitely up there. Uh, Those guys are one and two, in my opinion. he has the explosiveness. He's a huge touchdown threat. I mean, obviously, last year he had a bit of a down year, only had six total touchdowns. But in 2018, uh, his sophomore season, he had 18 total touchdowns. So the Duke can score from pretty much anywhere on the field. He can do it all. He can catch. He can run. I like his chances of getting over 200 carries this year. Actually, he never has done that on the Saints, but I think he could definitely do it this year. Um, I also like his chances of maybe uh, reaching almost 100 receptions this year for the Saints and getting around 750 yards from there. If he does all of those things, he could definitely be in play for the RB1 spot. But I'd probably say Dalvin Cook as well. I just wanted to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I think um, PPR-wise, Kamara definitely has as good a chance as Dalvin Cook to be the number one running back if you had to choose um, from the names that weren't mentioned. 
Fair enough. So this was a great question, Fantasy Monster. Uh, moving on, we have fourth and goal saying, which duo would you rather have on your fantasy team this year? Joe Mixon and Mike Evans or Josh Jacobs and Adam Thielen? Uh, to start off, I think Trent and I are both going the same direction here because we're big fans of both of these guys. I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs now and Adam Thielen. While Mixon is getting drafted higher than Jacobs in most drafts, this year, I would prefer to have Jacobs on my team. And then uh, Mike Evans, same situation with Adam Thielen. Uh, Mike Evans is definitely a, a hotter name, but I love the situation that Adam Thielen is in in Minnesota, especially if Dalvin Cook holds out and he really is the only number one option on that team. He's going to get absolutely fed by Kirk Cousins this year, and he could put up top 10 numbers. In fact, I think he will. Josh Jacobs, I think, will be a top five fantasy running back this year, so I would go with those guys. Yeah, what's interesting is um, the combination of Joe Mixon and uh, Mike Evans are picks that it sounds like if you had like maybe the 12th and 13th pick in a 12-team league, you may be going 12-13 with Mike Evans and uh, Joe Mixon. But if you can get Josh Jacobs and Adam Thielen, um, maybe with, I guess you're you're going like 10 and what, maybe 14 or 15, whatever it is. You may be stretching for Thielen at that point, um, but like Jeff said, I'm I'm going with Thielen and Josh Jacobs just because I think Josh Jacobs will put up better numbers than Joe Mixon, even if Joe Mixon's getting drafted higher than him. And I like the, the situation Adam Thielen is in a lot more than Mike Evans, and I think he'll see a lot more targets and have a lot more catches um, than Mike Evans will. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, go for it. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say absolutely. I think. Adam Thielen is going to get a bunch more targets than Mike Evans just because he's just not in such a crowded situation like Mike Evans is. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was a good question, though, fourth and goal. And I could absolutely see how some people would rather have the big play threats in Joe Mixon and Mike Evans rather than Jacobs and Thielen. So moving on, we have our final question. It is a start bench cut from Tyler Jackson. He says, start bench cut Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf. Trent, I'll let you go for it. Ooh, that's tough. I know who I'm cutting. Yeah. I'm cutting I'm cutting scary Terry. Um, Terry McLaurin. For starting and benching, I think I'm gonna have to this is tough. I'm gonna start DK Metcalf and I'm gonna bench AJ Brown. Definitely want AJ I definitely want both those guys on my team. Um, the reason I went with starting DK Metcalf is I think he's going to see um, more more targets just because Ryan Tannehill won't throw the ball that much because Derrick Henry runs the ball um, at such a large quantity and ha- has so many carries. So I don't think A.J. Brown will have as many opportunities as DK Metcalf will. Because I, I think DK Metcalf does come into this season and becomes the favorite target of Russell Wilson. And we see a big uh jump from his targets from last season yeah i like that um i'm going to cut terry mclaurin as well as although it kind of hurts me to do so because i like his potential this year certainly as Dwayne haskins number one target and i'm going to start aj brown and bench dk metcalf just because aj brown is the number one receiver on his team and dk metcalf what we both think has the potential to be the number one receiver on the Seahawks. He's not the established guy yet. Tyler Lockett is still the wide receiver one for them, whereas A.J. Brown is pretty much the only 
consistent receiver that Ryan Tannehill has to throw to. I mean, you look at the difference in quarterbacks there, Russell Wilson versus Ryan Tannehill. I know who I would want throwing me the ball. That being said, I, I would probably have A.J. Brown on my team over D.K. Metcalf this year, but it's definitely close. Yeah, it definitely is close. Um, and no disrespect to, like you said, Terry McLaurin. I actually do think Dwayne Haskins will perform better in his sophomore season than people think. And Terry McLaurin is the number one target for him. No doubt about that. So Terry can put up some big numbers this season. Absolutely. Haskins definitely started to play better at the end of last season. Hopefully he can continue that momentum into next year and continue to build a good rapport with McLaurin. For sure. Yeah. So that's a wrap on this episode of The Rollout. This was really fun. Be sure to follow Hotline Fantasy on Twitter so you can be included next time we do a Twitter Q&A like this. As always, as always, we'll be back Monday for another episode. Stay safe out there, everyone.